Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the first 2022 edition of the last week in mortgage today. We're about 13 months into doing this show, uh, committed to continuing to do it going forward. Uh, as always, same place, same time every week, uh, every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. And each week, uh, one of my favorite parts of this show is filling out the lineup of brilliant uh, lender member co-hosts that we line up to uh, help bring the show to all of you that are watching live and listen on podcasts. This week, uh, back in the co-host chair, TMC board member and chief lending officer for Lake Michigan Credit Union, Eric Bergoon. Eric, great to see you, bud. You too, Rich. Happy, Happy New, New Year, everybody. I'm happy new year and always like to have our co-host level set a little bit for the audience. Eric, if you could just tell us a little bit about Lake uh, Michigan Credit Union's uh, mortgage banking operation and uh, anything else of note as we head into the new year here. Yeah, well, we're a hundred uh, percent retail shop. We operate uh, all throughout uh, the state of Michigan and we're in Southwest Florida and just recently bought a second little bank in Tampa. So we're kind of moving up the North coast of uh, the Gulf there. So uh, but we had about 120 retail originators, did uh, $5.6 billion last year, which was, you know, $100 million down from the previous year, but pretty much the same same kind of numbers. But one thing we do is uh, we do a lot of construction lending. That was a big chunk of our, our business historically, and it was again last year, too. So happy to be here. Happy to be part of uh, TMC. Awesome. And yeah, congrats on another great year for the credit union and one of the bigger mortgage originating credit unions in America and uh, uh, one of the earliest members of TMC as well. So appreciate your early belief in uh, what we're doing with TMC and uh, also taking on some additional responsibility, joining our board of directors uh, a few months yeah. ago. So thanks again for that, Eric, and looking forward to having you a part of the, uh, as a part of that group. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we've really get, we've gotten a lot out of TMC. It's really helped us, as I told you many times, Rich, helped us through the pandemic. All your your calls and and uh, information and just getting everybody together to talk really it really works. We appreciate all you do. Appreciate it. Well, let's get into it. And as always, any questions, comments, thoughts, uh, anyone in our live audience has, please don't feel free or please feel free to pump it into the chat or the Q&A, and we'll incorporate it into the show. Eric, heading into a new year, uh, I always like to rewind as we go into a new year to look back a year ago and think how we were talking and what we were thinking and saying and prognosticating at that point. And last year, the year that just closed, a much busier year than anybody anticipated, uh, just you know, we didn't know really what to think a year ago. It was still incredibly busy from the first major pandemic-induced refi wave boom and just ended up being, you said your numbers were right on. And that's pretty much what we're going to see for the industry. We'll get a little bit into the MBA's projections later in the show, but uh, uh, Lake Mish kind of right in line with the broader industry, just down a little bit from what was the biggest year ever two years ago. Yep, exactly. Very, very much our second best ever and, you know, very close to, to 2020. And now we head into a new year and just the straight math on how many people have refinanced these last 18 months into 30 year fixed rates in the mid to low twos. Uh, you can't ignore the math on it. It clearly will impact our industry going forward and still some challenges to the purchase side of our business well as well, most notably on the inventory side and uh, as we start to go through the news 
of the last week here. We'll start with pending home sales. Uh, report came out late last week, November pen- pending home sales fell 2.2% month over month, coming off the heels of an October pending home sales number that was up 7.5% from September, which caught uh, economists and other prognosticators off guard. And uh, if you look inside the numbers and some of the comments by uh, National Association of Realtors economists, um, what they spoke to was um, October's numbers being higher than expected had a lot to do with sharp rise in rents in the fall, uh, renters needing or wanting to get into contract on homes and more of a regular correction in November. But as we head into the winter, the per- the purchase side of the business is slowing down a little bit. Obviously, the refi side has been impacted, but is that what you're seeing in the marketplace as well, Eric? Yeah, yeah, we are absolutely are. Now, it's by market, right? So we're seeing some of the, which we didn't really have last year, we're seeing the sort of the, some of the regular seasonal adjustments, right? I mean, there's there's snow on the ground here in Michigan, so uh, that has you know didn't do much last year to to volume with all the refi activity. But from a purchase standpoint, it certainly slowed a little bit. And I will say our our Florida boom business is booming, but it's a bit counter cyclical to to the Midwest and the North in general. So um, so that is is going you know very strong. But but it's clearly purchase you know we're kind of coasted into the end of the year. We did have a good December closing month. Um, but we're really kind of cleaning up pipelines and, you know, and that's, uh, we actually closed more loans than we took in and new applications for the first time in, you know, a couple of years at least. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, also inside the numbers, uh, average time span of list date to contract date, 18 days still in November. So still no shortage of demand out there in the marketplace, just the supply side. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the new year brings for the inventory and the supply side of our business. Uh, seems like demand is continues to be strong to buy new houses. There's certainly some things that the new presidential administration and housing leaders are doing to help further bolster the demand side. Um, but supply, the big unknown and the big issue, it really that is what controls what kind of year we'll see in the mortgage industry to a large degree, no? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, you know, prices, you know, going up too. So that, that at some point is going to choke off, you know, a little bit of the, of the market we're seeing, um, you know, on the very high end. So again, we do a lot of construction lending. So we're seeing, you know, that, you know, people that have money are building big houses, you know, on the water or wherever. Um, so that doesn't seem to have, have slowed very much. Um, and the fight still continues for those, those, you know, entry level homes. Um, that we're still seeing, you know, our, most of our markets, multiple offers, you know, not, not 10 or 12 or 15, but, but multiple offers, you know, and that, that piece in the middle is a little bit, um, you know, struggle a little bit. So slower there, but still, still a strong demand. And, you know, we, you know, we're trying to get, uh, get the inventory back up to, to, you know, even back to the 2008 levels, you look at the number of homes that have been constructed, um, are still not anywhere near what was happening in the uh, the early 2000s. Yeah, and I want to definitely get into the construction and new home construction side of the industry here momentarily. I know you guys are doing a lot of that business and I uh, really want to hear your perspective on that. Um, before going there, values in general, I had another couple reports, news items this past week, uh, the two major home price 
index reports that we get monthly, Case Shiller, and then the FHFA's home price index, uh, their year over year reports for October, um, Case Shiller up 19.1% home values year over year. <laughs> FHFA was 19.7. There was some trends in there from month to month that indicates that that appreciation pace is slowing, thankfully. But as we just keep, you know, I think it was, we got into the spring and then the summer and we kept hearing these, all the home price indexes were showing year over year gains of 15 and 16 and 17, 18, 19%. Seems like it's going to start to go the other way now. But uh, while most of the projections for next year for the mortgage industry tend to be generally in line as it relates to 30-year fixed rate interest rates and total originations. The one thing that's still all over the board, and it's because of differing views on the supply and demand side and the inventory side of our business, is home price appreciation. We're seeing a lot of people come out now with projections, 5 6% home price appreciation from now through the end of next year. Others have been out there very notably, much more bullish, saying homes are going to continue to appreciate. 13, 14, 15%. Really just all, I don't see anything to slow down demand. I see a lot of things that can even further spur demand. All really just a byproduct, the inventory side of our business. And something a little worrisome to me was just, it was two, three months ago, we got all these reports, the Redfins and the Zillows. Oh, there's all these surveys and indications. We're going to have a lot of people listing their home this holiday season. We just didn't see it, at least not to the levels they were projecting. Um, new stock aside, your just general thoughts on inventory, home values, and how that could play out in the year we now find ourselves in. Yeah, well, uh, actually, we moved during the during COVID. So, I mean, the, the one challenge, of course, is you know if you're uh, if you're going to sell your house, you got to find another one, right? So <laughs> that you know it's sort of a all tied together. So that I think it has a, a bit of effect, you know, on, you know, what's, you know, at least in the resale market, the traditional purchase market, what's, what's out there, what's available. So um, again, different price points uh, have different, you know, activities that, you know, the, those, again, the low, low home price, you know, entry level stuff, still super competitive and those building big ones are um, a lot of demand for that. And it, it's just in that middle middle range that we're seeing. But I do think, you know, like interest rates at some point, right, have to affect this, right? I mean, rates, as you mentioned earlier, or rents rather, as you mentioned earlier, are are going up. And so that that drives, you know, people to to buy versus, versus rent or whatever. But um, it's becoming, you know, a, a challenge for sure. Um, and uh, as as payment, you know, you start looking at what the what the payment is going to cost on a on a home. That's going to eventually has to has to play into that. So um, that that'll you know that'll be that'll be a bit of a headwind, I think, you know, into into twenty twenty two for sure. Yeah, and then moving on to the ultimate and best solution to an inventory problem that seems like we've been talking about this for years now, and differing opinions on this. We've we've had Ivy Zellman on here that has a contrarian view on this, but you know, most people um, say that we're short five to six million homes in America. And it is that shortage that has caused this perpetual inventory issue that shows no sign of improving. The solution that, of course, is new construction. And, uh, you know, I, there was just obviously so many, have been so many impediments to the new construction market 
these last 15 to 18 months, uh, mostly related to supply line issues, the very notable spikes in lumber prices we saw last spring, labor, uh, skilled workers to build homes, land to build on. And uh, a couple of reports came out also this past week from people very close to the issue, essentially just indicating that uh, lumber prices very likely to remain volatile in 2022. We saw them spike to insane levels in the spring, then kind of fall way back down uh, at the end of summer and then kind of bump back up as, as we got into the fall months. Um, your thoughts on the broader construction market being pretty close to it as a lender that does a fair amount of that lending? Yeah, about about twenty five percent of our production is in is in construction, at least on the dollar a dollar stand volume standpoint. So, so that's a big big part of our business. It's been a growing part of our business. We were up, I uh, just looked at eighty four percent our construction business twenty uh, twenty one over twenty twenty. So it continues to, and that was up quite a bit from from. Uh, post or prior to pandemic too. So, so yeah, we do a lot of it. Um, we see that as a, as a, as a growth opportunity still, you, know, you go back again to the 2008 timeframe. Um, you know, we, we all participate in all of our local HBAs and, and we do a pretty good job of tracking permitting and such. And, and even last year, as, as crazy as it, as it was, you know, the permit numbers in some of our major Metro markets, like, you know, Metro Detroit, um, a third of the, the peak permits pulled by builders in you know in the in the 2005 to 2008 you know time frame so so there's still a lot of demand you know there were not many homes at all constructed you know in the you know the 2008 to 2010 or 12 range right so so there's a there's a, a, a definitely a lack of supply you know everywhere and now you know people you know kind of want to want what they want they've got generally have money and want to build a house or you know, move to another area and, and want what they want. So uh, we're seeing a huge, huge demand for, for construction. We have seen and have been watching kind of closely a lot of um, trying not to do uh, build uh, for investment properties, right? So there's a lot of people that kind of said, let's get into this business and, you know, build some homes and we'll, we'll uh, put them on Airbnb or whatever. So um, we try to stay away from that a little bit more. That could sort of be a little bit of a parallel, we think, to some of the, um, you know, the in back in you know time where uh, you know high rise condos and we got got markets got overbuilt in some of the you know sand states specifically. So we're kind of watching that a little bit. We'll do a little bit of it, but trying to trying to stay away from that and and really in construction, just just maintaining the discipline. Make sure you know who you're who you're dealing with, who the, who the builder is, have a true relationship there, and and work with the work with the good ones. So it's an advantage as a depository. Obviously, we can put some of that. Uh, business in our portfolio for a year when it's getting constructed, um, but it's a it's a great business. It's a, you know compet and we've we, I don't think we've ever had a um, a delinquency in a on a construction loan. We have things that happen during the process for sure that we got to work through, but it's a good it's a good business and you know continue to be a, a big part of of what we do. I think very low delinquency rate, good cross sell opportunity, right? To <clears throat> types of people typically that are building homes are either new families or step-up families and a lot of opportunity for future business, either on the mortgage side or other credit union product side. And the issue that I've you know, just been pontificating about it on this show for really the entire 13, 14 months we've been doing it, is how do we, we you talked about the pressure at the lower end, right? You want to buy in Ohio or Michigan a couple hundred thousand dollar home. It there's 
one, not a lot of even less inventory than the broader numbers and more demand. And is there any way to effectively encourage or, uh, you know, builders to build smaller homes? I, I know just from being in that, in the depository and being in a lender that did a lot of construction business, you talk to the builders, there's just no money in building two or $250,000 homes. And how do we increase the affordable housing stock through new stock? It's a complex issue. There's no easy answer to this, but any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, you're right. And there's no, there's certainly no silver bullet on this one. Um, you know, we've seen a pickup, you know, in, um, Especially some of our rural, more rural area, you know, manufactured housing is, you know, um, is an option that we, we've been, you know, looking to expand our our presence there. So there's some, you know, agencies have gotten into that. So there's some some opportunities um, at that little bit lower lower price. And you know, in the multifamily, you know, condo market is is a part of that too. But um, yeah, no real no real uh, <laughs> good answer for the lower lower priced homes. You just got to continue to um, you know, to work with them, you know, we do, you know, renovations, another option, you know, so we've, we, you know, again, you've got to kind of have a portfolio to do that kind of business. Then that, you know, you can do two or three K or whatever too, though. So, um, so that helps you know, right. You can, you can, you can buy a lower price home if you're willing to put the time into it and, and spend some money doing a renovation, maybe another potential, um, you know, tool to get, get some business that way. Yeah. Very good point. This is the last week of mortgage today. I'm Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative. This week joined by Lake Michigan Credit Union Chief Lending Officer Eric Bergoon. And Eric, as we look into the year that uh, we're now getting into here, um, you know, you look at the projections. MBA came out with their official projections for 2022, projecting total originations of a little over 2.6 trillion, <clears throat> about a 34% drop. Uh, from the year that uh, we're just coming out of. And most of the other prognostications are largely in line with that, projecting around two and a half trillion for the three years after that. So much more normal volume climate uh, in the years to come. Yet, you know, lenders had to, by necessity, starting 14, 15 months ago, staff up to meet the demand of all these refinances and just talking to leaders on this show, different strategies that those have employed. We've seen headlines from some of the large lenders in America that have done big layoffs. And, you know, we've seen more, our members uh, doing more strategic, right. Uh, You know, trying not to add people throughout uh, 2021 and um, you know, just the natural organic, uh, attrition of employees trying not to replace and how have you how do you guys look at you're coming off two years that are pretty similar like a lot of the industry and going to new year we're expecting less volume how do you look at just that side of it is it is it grow into it is it just how, how do you look at you know just staffing levels versus a year and some years to follow that they're that likely to be not as busy yeah, so we, you know, we tried to get a little bit ahead of it. So we, um, in 2020, and certainly last year, uh, we did a decent amount of of outsourcing. So, um, you know, um, either actually, you know, you know, true outsourcing, you know, outside the, the U.S. even with some of our back office positions, and then what we did throughout the pandemic is just sort of promote, you know, those that were in more entry level, you know, data entry setup kinds of roles, closing 
coordinating functions, uh, move them into to processing roles as we as we did, and then and backfilled that with you know with outsourced. So we've started obviously ramping that back down as our volume declines. We've been able to do that for sort of the first the first level, um, and then you know and technology has uh, has played a part into it. We happen to be rolling out a new LOS and. Um, that's going to, that's going to change a lot of how we do things, but it does also, um, you know, we want to keep, you know, be a little bit overstaffed as we do that. So we make sure that, you know, that goes smoothly as we, people come up to speed, we're going to be less productive. So we intentionally have, have carried a little bit higher level of, of staffing than, than what we would normally. Um, but again, as a credit union, we, we tend to be, um, we move, we didn't add we didn't pay high, uh, high rates. And we saw, you know, we had calls on this, right. Where, you know, an underwriter was going to get $200,000 or, you know, you know, you know, $500 a file or whatever. We didn't participate in much of that. Um, and most of our people were, were, were loyal, stayed with us. And so, so we'll do the same. We'll stay with them on the, on the downturn. We've never done a layoff at, at Lake Michigan and don't intend to. So, but we've got to be smart about that and tried to get ahead of it, you know, again, through outsourcing and some technology and some other things, you know, like that, just shifting people around. And it's amazing as you get to be the size, you know, that, that many of us are, that we are, we have, you know, almost 500 people in the mortgage business here. So a little bit of, uh, Hiring freeze, you know, there's just sort of natural attrition as people move into other roles within the company even um, that, that helps us uh, deal with that. So we try to do the best we can at, you know, uh, cross-training and, and moving people around and staying close to what people want to do. Uh, but no, again, no magic bullet on that one either. Yeah, that's great to hear because you guys are a big mortgage funder. I mean, five and a half billion dollars a year in mortgage production, nothing to sneeze at. And, uh, you know, and I just having seen a bunch of these different cycles. I mean, you know, I, I remember just two falls ago when it was crazy, you know, and you know, like the better.coms and a lot of these big, they're just high, just throwing money at people. And now these are the companies you see that are, you know, doing the zoom firings and laying people off and, you know, organizations like, like Michigan credit unions never laid anybody off. It's you have to maybe go through a little bit of pain, right. When that pipeline was just bursting right. Yeah. It's, but it's there. But I think, like most of us do, I think we we stay focused and have been driven by the purchase part of the business, right? So um, that's expected to be up, right? And construction is expected to be up. So you know that helps moderate things too. By you know, we all know we need to do it, but you know, you know, when there's that low hanging refi fruit, it's tempting to 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 take a lot of that. But you know, we mostly just kept our members happy and didn't really reach out to to bring in new people through the refi you know, business, which, you know, we probably could have done more business in 2020 and 21. Um, but it's a, it's also a flatter downside to the curve too. Yeah. Always a cost to those actions. And it just seems like we're in a very, very cyclical business and lenders that overreact to either the up going up the roller coaster hill or going down it. Uh, seems like it is rarely a long-term <laughs> winning strategy and that the, the pain on the back end always usurps uh, any benefits or perceived benefits uh, at the time. So Yeah, I guess yeah, either strategy, I guess, could work depending on what your, <laughs> what your end goal is. I mean, as a, you know, kind of a, in theory, a nonprofit, <laughs> you know, we're trying to, you know, serve both just our members and our employees, right? So as opposed to a shareholder or, a, you know, a bottom line investor or whatever. So, so that's a, that helps, you know, for uh, internally to be able to, you know, carry maybe, you know, a, a little bit, you know, 
deeper staff than might might otherwise. This is the last week of mortgage today. I'm Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative, and we've got a few minutes left with our co-host this week, Lake Michigan Credit Union's Chief Lending Officer, Eric Burgoon. And Eric, you touched on construction lending, you touched on renovation lending. Uh, I actually just got done putting together the agenda for our upcoming TMC member conference in Miami in March. And as you know, that agenda is driven almost exclusively off of a very comprehensive survey uh, that we send our members biannually, uh, leaders like yourselves within our, our member organizations, and spent a lot of time late last week and early this week just siphoning through the results of, you know, essentially a survey that is just taking key decision-making lender executives, uh, picking their minds on how important certain issues are to them. And it was really fascinating to me to see the differences in that survey from when we did it six months ago. Um, and, you know, not surprisingly, um, you know, some of the themes, automation, um, another big theme is just uh, alternative products, right? If it's construction lending or renovation lending or non-QM or non-conforming lending or rehab loans, um, the types of deals that when, you know, refis were just falling off the tree, not, not a big area of concern for lenders, but the numbers just uh, in terms of percentages of lenders that, uh, you know, were, were much more focused on those products was up big time and planning on doing some sessions at conference uh, kind of related to emerging markets like rehab lending and uh, construction lending and non-conforming lending because we're going into a different climate, right? I mean, it's as a depository with the portfolio, you're able to do those deals that don't fit any investor box uh, yet make sense for the credit union to put that loan in the shelves. And uh, the way I see it, that's a big advantage to the depositories as we head into 2022. Yeah. It helps us keep our, you know, keep our origination staff, you know, happy and, and doing a decent amount of, of volume because it, the other thing we didn't touch on too much here, but you know, you were going to see, you know, we've already seen it, right. A lot of, a lot of competitive rate pressures, you know, those, those fat margins are all gone and, you know, we're all fighting for, you know, fewer deals that that's always gets kind of ugly. So um, trying to, we're working also hard on trying to, you know, maintain our pricing discipline, but, um, but, but compete, you know, you know, kind of, we're gonna have to go down to the margin at, at times on deals to, to get them. So it's that time of the cycle, I think beginning. <laughs> yeah. And, but you know, and you just, maybe you don't win every refi on rate, but you can say to that same LO, like, listen, we've got home equity product yep. that are available to your customers and we've got renovation loans. Cause I think we're just going to see an explosion of home equity lending, home equity lines of credit. So those homeowners that are locked into those 30 year fixed rates and the, in the low to mid twos that, you know, want to maybe just improve their home as opposed to, as you, you put it, having to find a new one if they sell it. Um, and uh, yeah. And, and also people that, you know, want to do formal renovation loans and, and renovate their home. Uh, my guess is that that, type of lending, those lending buckets, a uh, much bigger percentage of the overall pie in 22 than uh, 21 for, for sure. credit yeah. union, right? Yeah, absolutely. And how we've all been there before, that? though. We've, we've seen this a few times. So um, I think everybody knows what they need to do to, to compete. And but it's nice to have those products for sure. And I, I agree with you on the home equity side. We're seeing that pick up too. It's a little bit, it's not part of our, our mortgage group specifically here, but um, we do offer those products as well. And that's, that's definitely already seen that picking up. 
you know, like the renovation side and the rehab lot side, I know, you know, some, especially smaller lenders, maybe they'll allocate an originator or two or three that will specialize in that product. Or you guys open that up to all your sales staff to sell that product or you kind of have specialists that uh, it gets referred over to? No, we all, we all do. Yeah. Uh, we, we manage it very much like the a construction draw loan. So it's very similar uh, process. So uh, we do, uh, we do training on it, but, but everybody's able to do it. Awesome. Well, just about out of time, Eric, but uh, any other thoughts, comments, uh, predictions on the year ahead of us? You got the, the first co-host slot of the year, uh, <laughs> year for last week in mortgage today. So anything to, uh, take us home with as we head into, I don't know, the- like your, uh, Buckeyes finally, uh, figured it out, you know, yeah, still kind of that was like, you know, <laughs> still kind of mad from losing the last game of the season, but, but, uh, <laughs> oh, I know. And I thought, you know, it didn't look like they really wanted to be there at the beginning. And then end of the game, they wanted to be there. It was an exciting game and good. Yeah, they're like number five receivers uh, could play in the NFL, I think. So Marvin Harrison's kid. Yeah, he caught caught five balls all year and three touchdown passes in the Rose Bowl. So (laughs) Harrison of Riches, right? Excellent. Well, Eric, uh, greatly appreciate all you do for our network and for joining me in the co-host slot for the last week in mortgage today. And uh, all the best to you and yours as we head into a new year. Thank you. Same to you and to everybody. Excellent. Have a great 2022. Likewise. And to our attendees, thanks as always for taking the time out with us, uh, working real hard to make this 30 relevant minutes uh, of your week. And uh, we'll continue to do so live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And then, of course, uh, you can find us where I know a lot of you do uh, on YouTube after the fact, on our YouTube page or uh, via podcast. So until next Tuesday, have a great rest of the week, everyone. Take care, Eric. Bye. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.